Have you ever thought to yourself, new season, new habit, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to try something new. I'm just going to go for it. And so you do. You go for it. And it is just awkward. It's awkward. You do all this work to pump yourself up. You're going to start exercising and you show up to yoga class and the instructor says, hey, let's just rest in downward facing dog. And you're thinking to yourself, this is considered rest. Or maybe you want to take up writing and you have all of these ideas. And now you find yourself sitting in your office, staring at a blinking cursor on your screen. You have no idea what it was that you thought you were going to write about. In today's episode, I am going to offer you some encouragement. Encouragement for those beginning stages of habit building. I'm going to talk a little bit about identity-based approaches to habit, what the research says, and why you feel like you're faking it when you're actually making it. It's a good one. Let's do this. Do you want to feel less scattered and more focused, but the idea of goal setting sounds like adding more pressure to your already pressure-filled life? If so, welcome to the Plan Goal Plan Podcast. I'm Danielle McGue. I'm a professor, mom, planner addict, and recovering overachiever. After years of hustle and grind, I was tired of trying harder. I was ready to try easier. At the intersection of research, practice, and play, I found a purposeful path to planning and goal setting that is fun, simple, and sustainable. If you're ready to try easier, if you're ready to make memories and do meaningful work, grab a pen. I will equip you with tools and practices to clarify purpose, reclaim time, and achieve goals playfully and lightly. Let's get started. Before I jump into things, if you are needing some help figuring out which habits you should create, if you're feeling a little disconnected, you aren't sure what your values are, you aren't sure what your priorities are, jump on to plangoplan.etsy.com and check out the 2023 goal setting workbook. There's some awesome reflective activities in there to help you connect to yourself. I think you'll love it. Check it out. Okie dokie, story time. I have never been a smart kid. And this is interesting because I work in higher ed. Many, many, many of my peers, the people that I work with on a daily basis have PhDs. And they've always been the smart kid. And I never have. (laughs) I've never been the smart kid. Um, I wasn't in talented and gifted. I wasn't a student who is pegged as one of the smart kids. Y'all, I was a weird kid. I was a weird kid growing up. This never really bothered me that much. But my parents would go to conferences for me and all of my teachers would describe me as unique. And I like to think that I'm still quite unique. Thank you very much. What I will say is that while I've never been the smart kid, I have always loved learning. I just didn't know that I was smart and I didn't know that being smart was something I necessarily wanted to be. And then in college, I started to piece some things together. I started to notice in my classes that I was doing pretty good. But during this time, it was perfectly legal for teachers to post grades outside of a classroom after an exam. And in those larger lecture classes that I would take, they would post our grades outside and I would go check them out. And I started to notice that I often had one of the highest, if not the highest scores in my class. And that was weird because I don't really think of myself as a very good test taker. I'm a pretty good writer, but I never thought of myself as a very great test taker. And I started to notice that I was doing pretty good at my classes. 
And then my sophomore year of college, a professor pulled me aside, uh, Leah White, a shout out to Leah, sat me down and said, Dina, you know, you're not dumb, right? <laughs> and um, this is because one of our grad assistants was kind of teasing me. And she's like, you know, you're not dumb, right? And I was like, what? yeah, of course. Uh-huh. You know, I kind of like laughed. Um, but that conversation was really important. Something just clicked in that conversation. And I decided that you know, golly gee, I was smart and I was going to start acting like it. And so I decided I was going to start doing the things that smart people do. I was going to study. I was going to learn about current events. I don't know. I just thought that smart people always knew what was going on in the world. So I needed to start doing that, learning what was going on in the world. I hung out with other smart kids. I was like, all right, if I'm going to be smart, I got to do smart things. If you are familiar at all with James Clear's Atomic Habits, it is one of the top selling books on habits. It's been really high on all of the lists ever since it came out. So James Clear, he takes an interesting approach to habits. He takes an identity-based approach to habits. He says that your habits are how you embody an identity. It is when you fill in the blank, I am the type of person who, dot, dot, dot. So when I decided that I was going to be a smart kid, I decided that I needed to be the type of person who studied, the type of person who knew a thing or two about politics. That was before politics were divisive and everybody had an opinion on politics. I thought that smart kids knew things about politics. <laughs> I don't know where I got some of these ideas, but this is what I thought. I was also going to be the type of person who reads. So James Clear, he really uses identity as a way for people to make and keep habits. You are what you do. If you want to be the type of person who is always on time, what do you need to do to be that type of person? Does that mean that you're going to schedule gaps between your meetings? Are you going to set alarms on your phone? What is it that you do that makes that identity go? So in preparing for this episode, I decided that I wanted to do a little bit of research, uh, read some peer-reviewed journal articles on habits, especially this relationship between habits and identity. I was pretty fascinated by this connection. And I found an article in the journal Frontiers in Psychology and in this article, they were really linking habits to identity. And they said that when we're able to connect our values to the habit that we're trying to create, that you're more likely to have success at integrating that habit into your life long term. So for example, if I know that I value energy, I love having energy. I can't handle when I get sick, mostly because I hate not having energy. I value energy. And then if I connect the habit of exercising to something that gives me energy, I'm going to be more likely to keep showing up and keeping the habit of exercising because I see how that habit is connected to something that I value. So for example, I really struggle with making the bed every morning. If, however, I would connect making the bed every morning to being the type of person who is organized, being the type of person who is clean, 
being the type of person who has their stuff together. If I value cleanliness, if I value organization, if I value having my stuff together, and I can link the habit of making my bed to those identities, I am more likely to integrate them into my life for the long term. Mamas, 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 this is why we need to have practices that engage us in self-connection. I was just chatting with a, a student of mine who is a young mama and her, her kiddo is only nine months old and she was talking about, oh, and I feel this so strongly, that moment in, in parenthood where you feel like you're losing who you are. You've put other people's needs so much in front of your own that you aren't really sure what your needs are. You aren't really sure what it is that you enjoy because you have been doing what you need to do as a mama, which is take care of your kids first. It is so important to have practices like planning where on a regular basis, you're checking in with yourself. What are my priorities? What are my values? Am I living those values on a day-to-day basis? Or if you have a goal-setting practice, most systems of goal-setting, and mine certainly does, asks you to engage in some self-connection before you determine what your goals are. Self-connection is so important. If we don't know what our values are, it's going to be hard for us to connect our values to habits that we want to create. Something that's kind of interesting is I did read another article that pushed up against this a little bit, and it was looking at the connection between habits and identities with binge drinkers. And interestingly enough, they saw identity and behavior as discrete. Basically, identity was connected more with intention than with behavior. So what do I intend to do? That's what I identify with. I identify with my intentions, not necessarily with what I execute. And it would make a lot of sense to me, given that they were doing research research with binge drinkers, that with positive habits, we might want to link our identity and our behavior. But when it comes to bad habits, we disconnect the two. We disassociate ourselves from our bad habits. Um, It kind of reminds me of, I think this quotation is from Stephen Covey's son. I'm trying to remember his name. But the quotation is, we judge ourselves by our intentions and we judge others by their behaviors. But when it comes to identity, our identity is composed of both how we think about ourselves, but also how other people see us and how we see other people seeing us. So one thing that I think is sometimes missing from that identity and habit conversation is how awkward it can feel to put on a habit, to try on a habit before it feels fully integrated into our identity. So for example, when you want to become a jogger and so you take up running and you're like, I'm going to act like a jogger. You're going to put on all the jogging clothes and you're going to go out and you're going to jog, but you haven't done it long enough or consistently enough to really feel like you've embraced the identity of a runner and you feel Like you're just kind of faking it. In my field of study, faking it is making it. So my degrees are in communication and media, but my specific field of study is performance studies. 
And performance, especially if we think of it as acting, it's often considered faking, right? So if you take on a role, if you are cast in a show, you put on that character and you sort of fake it, but you want to fake it well. Um, I'm really interested in performance in everyday life. I'm interested in how performance as a mode of communication can be used for problem solving and community building. In everyday life, we also perform, we take on roles, maybe the role of a student, the role of a mother, a role of an employee, a role of a friend, a role of a aunt or a sister. Victor Turner, who is an anthropologist, he did a lot of work to help people see performance as making it. That when you perform a role, you are making an identity. You're not faking it, you're making it. That when we take on roles and we engage in behaviors over and over and over again, they are making identity, they are making culture. In this sense, you don't fake it until you make it. Faking it is making it. So when you feel a little fake, when you feel a little inauthentic, when you feel yourself doubting whether or not you were meant for the thing that you are working on, remember that faking it is making it. Keep showing up, even when it's awkward. Even when it feels a little out of character, even when you don't feel like a runner or a writer or a person who shows up on time. I'm still not sure that I identify as a smart kid. In fact, I'm not really sure that that's what I aspire to. But I am, and I think I always will be, a kid who loves learning. I'll keep learning and sharing and learning some more. And there are so many things that I still feel like I'm faking. And that doesn't make me feel false or like a pretender. Rather, I just feel like a beginner. And that's okay. It's even exciting to begin something. So I invite you to try on a new habit. And when it feels awkward, Rather than feel like maybe you're faking it. Rather than feel like an imposter. A pretender. I want you to look in the mirror and say, hey. Hey, beginner. I wish for you the clarity to know which identities are yours to try on in the season that you are in. The ability to connect your values to your habits. I wish for you self-compassion as you bravely begin, and when it feels awkward, when you doubt that this is who you truly are, remember, you are making it, and that is awesome. If this podcast has inspired you, guided you, or just made you laugh, the number one way that you can thank me is by leaving a written review for the show over on Apple Podcasts. I'm seriously tickled every time that I hear from you all. So pop onto Instagram and follow Plan Go Plan and digital message me. I want to say hello. I want to geek out about all things planning and goal setting. Keep sensing the possibilities, y'all.